this message is a brief one that will prepare our hearts for communion. And so if you are a child of God, you've given your life to Jesus and you would like to partake in communion just now, if you haven't already done so, uh, please get a little piece of bread, get some grape juice and be ready to partake. Thank you, Lord, that you open our hearts in this time of the word, that you speak into our hearts and that we are receptive in Jesus' name, amen. If I was to give this a title, I would say dealing with things that get in the way. Dealing with things that get in the way. And I'd like to take you to 1 John 1 verse nine. We're gonna read just this one verse of scripture. If you have your Bible, please have a look with me. 1 John 1 verse nine. It says, if we confess our sins, those three words, would you say that with me? Confess our sins. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I would submit to you that this is the single most important verse in the New Testament that deals with the aspect of confession. Let me read it in the Good News translation. Same verse, 1 John 1 verse 9, in the Good News Bible it says, but if we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our wrongdoing. I wanna tell you folks, when you read a verse of scripture like this, you should think to yourself, what a wonderful, wonderful God we serve. <laughs> the more I discover about God in my study of the word, the more I love him, the more I appreciate him, the more I see the indescribable wisdom and glory and wonder of his plan. He is incredible. And here he's talking about the simple thing of confession, but then that he forgives and that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you're listening today and you say, well, I need cleansing in my heart. The only person that you can come to for that is Jesus. He's the one that cleanses. Now, a little bit of understanding around the scripture. There are sometimes things that I feel that we don't necessarily understand perhaps correctly. And let me say this, that when we are born again, in other words, when you are converted, when you are saved, when we are born again, all our sins are forgiven right then, past, present, and future. All of our sins are forgiven. It's wonderful. And you are, by God the judge, you are declared righteous because of the work of Jesus. And so when we're born again, all of our sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven. It is truly wonderful, there's no doubt about it, but it is made possible because of the blood of Jesus shed at Calvary. He paid the penalty for our sins. And also to realize that 
after that time of being born again, you don't need to confess your past sins over and over again. No, that is a once-off occurrence where you confessed your sins to God and that has passed. But let me go on to say, in the same breath, after we become believers and Christians and are born again, we still need to confess any sin that we may subsequently commit. And I wonder if you agree with that. Because this is what 1 John 1 verse 9 is speaking about. Because here, you know who has been written to? Believers. John is not writing to unbelievers and telling them how to get saved for the first time. He's writing to believers, talking to them about walking in fellowship with God. And so after we become Christians, we still need to confess any sin that we may commit subsequently. But this kind of confession is now not to try to get God's acceptance because we're already accepted, but it is about removing any hindrance in our relationship with the Lord. We don't want any hindrance. And confession, I've discovered, it's about enjoying maximum fellowship with God and not allowing anything to get in the way of your fellowship with God. Listen to what one theologian writes, very interesting. He says the following, we need judicial forgiveness only once. And that takes care of the penalty of all our sins, past, present, and future. But we need relational forgiveness throughout our Christian life. Now, let me say this, that if I was to take an example of my wife and I, we have to look after our relationship so that we get along well. And let's say on a given day, I lose my cool, I get really upset with my wife, I cannot just ignore it and carry on like nothing's happened. I need to confess it and I need to set it right and then fellowship is restored. Can anybody in a marriage situation relate to me? Because otherwise, you might get a little bit of the silent treatment or I don't know. <laughs> or suddenly I start acting so busy, I haven't got time to sort this out. I want to tell you, if you want to have a good marriage, you've got to sort out issues that crop up. And so if you wrong your spouse, if you do something wrong towards them, you cannot just leave it, but you need to confess and say, you know what, sorry, I got upset, I blew it out of proportion, and I'm sorry, please forgive me. And then fellowship is restored. Am I right? So true. But let me just say that in the same breath, that in that instance of me losing my cool, for example, this is an example, okay? <laughs> and uh, sometimes I do lose my cool. But in that moment, it does not invalidate my marriage, but it just affects the, the, the warmth of our fellowship towards one another. And I believe that the same applies to our relationship with God. In the same way, having a good relationship with God requires that you settle any sin issue that may arise after you've given your life to Jesus. Let's maybe give a little example. Let's say that 
you suddenly begin to have feelings of hatred towards somebody. Maybe an ex-colleague or uh, maybe, I don't know, an ex-wife or something like that and you have these feelings of hatred within you. Now, you cannot just ignore that and carry on as if everything's fine. You need to confess that to the Lord and you need to set that right and then what happens? Your fellowship with God flows more easily. Otherwise, if you're wanting to pray to the Lord just after that, you don't have so much confidence. Why? Because you feel like, there's a little thing I've got to just sort out here with the Lord. It's called confession. <laughs> but let me just say that your hateful feelings in that situation do not invalidate your salvation, but it will hinder your progress with God and it will hinder your fellowship with God. Can you see the need for confession? And confession is actually a very beautiful thing. Let me read this statement to you. Confession is necessary to maintain healthy and, con uh, and continual fellowship with God. Here's another little statement. Confession brings freedom. Some people seem to think that confession is, is about, you know, some heavy that you're going to know. It's about when something is prompted by God that you need to deal with, you are quick to respond and, okay, sorry, Lord, no, that actually wasn't right. I bring it before you, I confess it. I confess it to you. What should we confess in terms of it says that we should confess our sins? Well, there are sins of commission. In other words, something that you did wrong. And then there are also sins of omission in a situation where clearly you knew that the instruction from the law that, was you, that you needed to do something was there, but you chose not to do it, that can also be seen as sin. What sins do we need to confess? Sinful thoughts, sinful speech, sinful actions, etc. And so in terms of confessing, what is it all about? It's bringing it out of perhaps an element of secrecy where you don't want to talk about it, deal with it, and you bring it into the light of God, and then you agree with God that, yes, this is sin. God, feelings of hatred is definitely sin. You agree with Him, and then you make a decision that you forsake that. That's what confession is about. And it says in Proverbs 28, verse 13, it says, he who covers his sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. And so I wanna say that con uh, true confession of the heart certainly involves the forsaking of sin. This is not that you confess just to do it again immediately, no. This is a true confession where there's a sense of godly sorrow, where there's a sense of God, I don't want to do things like this anymore. I want to honor you. I don't want to have these hateful feelings. I don't want to burst out in anger towards my husband or my wife or my family because that's not pleasing to you. And so just to recap that for a moment and just to say when we're born again, all our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. But after we become Christians, we still need to confess any sin that we may subsequently commit. But if we will do that, there's this wonderful promise that kicks in, which says that he is faithful 
and just to forgive. Isn't that beautiful? I want to say that again. If you will do this simple act of just bringing it before the Lord, say, oh, no, no, Lord, I messed up. I'm sorry. Then God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a promise. This is a promise that you and I can take. If you confess, he's never gonna leave you hanging and say, no, 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 that was so bad, I'm not gonna forgive you. No, he is faithful and just. He is faithful in the sense that he promised to give. He is a dependable God. He will do what he said he will do. And he is just in the sense that there is a legitimate and legal basis on which he offers you or, or, or makes this forgiveness of sins take place. And that basis on which he extends forgiveness is the basis of the cross. So yes, he is faithful, he's dependable, he's gonna keep to his promise. Yes, he's just in that there is a way in which he offers you this forgiveness of sins, rightfully so. And then also, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Folks, this is beautiful. This is God's word to you today. Not only does he forgive, but he will also cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And as we're about to partake in communion right now, I want to ask you, is there anything that you need to confess to the Lord this morning? And I wanna say, I'm not suggesting that you go digging or something like that, no. Because I've found that the Holy Spirit just highlights something for us. And he just points out something. And if there is something, maybe even as I was speaking right now, you may have even sensed in your heart, wow, there's this little thing that I need to bring to the Lord. And in the moments of communion that we're about to have, you do that, please. So I trust that you have the bread and the cup ready, which we asked you to prepare earlier. And I'd like to read to you from Matthew 26, verse 26 to 28. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and after he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so Father, right now, we lift up the bread before you as we break this, we remind ourselves of your broken body and all you went through. We confess anything that we need to right now to you. And we say, thank you, Lord, the body of the Lord broken for you. And now, Heavenly Father, we lift up the cup before you. We know that this cup represents the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Lord, as we partake of this cup this morning, we say we want everything that is available to us through this covenant relationship with you. Thank you for your precious blood, the blood of the Lord shed for you. Now, let's just keep our eyes closed just for a moment of prayer. Before I pray, would you just appreciate what the Lord has done? 
how great the Father's love for us that he sent Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that as we've partaken in communion today, we thank you that it is a reminder of our covenant relationship with you, that we are secure in a covenant relationship. And I thank you because all our sins and unrighteousness have been removed out of the way that we can enjoy beautiful fellowship with you on an ongoing and a continual basis. And so we say thank you, Lord, that we can have fellowship, that we can enjoy fellowship with you. And Lord, I pray that we would discover ourselves more often finding our thoughts turning to you moment by moment because you are the love of our lives. So we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful time that we've been able to enjoy in your presence. We give you honor and we give you thanks and I pray your richest blessing upon every one of your people now and we pray that in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you and thank you for being with us today. God bless you.